The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look those who wear soft robes or in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto your sight, O Lord, our fusion, our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Barbara Bracocci is a religious author and also a motivational speaker. So she was trying to find a birthday card for her husband. So while she was shopping for that card, she found one interesting one, which read on the outside, you are the answer to my prayer. And when she looked inside, it inscribed, it had different words, which says, of course, you are not exactly what I prayed for, <laughs> but apparently, you are my answer. So John the Baptist, we have reflected last week how he was preparing the way for Jesus Christ, telling the people to repent, confess, the kingdom of Lord is near at hand, and now he is in the prison, and he wanted the answer to know if he is the one who is Messiah, or is there another one coming. So he wanted to know the answer. He wanted to get a clarity. It is not a crisis of faith for John the Baptist, but rather it is like faith-seeking understanding to know the answer. This guy is confused. But what is puzzling to me is, if you see in the John's Gospel, John the Baptist had seen the Spirit of God descending on Jesus Christ, and John the Baptist is the one who went out and said that I'm baptizing you with water, but the one who's coming, he will baptize you with the Spirit and with the fire. So what happened to John the Baptist now? He is doubting, he is questioning, are you the one? Are you just filling in the shoes of Messiah? 
I think when I was just uh, reflecting on that passage, perhaps, probably, circumstances like this would trust you into a theological paradigm, kind of challenging your own assumptions. He's just assuming now, he's not even having a clarity, he's just assuming and thinking because for, to his understanding, a messiah is one who's going to overthrow Herod's kingdom, Herod's throne. He's the one who's going to question Herod because of the illicit affair he had with the Herodias. So he's going to do something with his power so that even he will be released from the prison. Of course, he's in a way station prison. It's not a destination where John the Baptist is staying, but he is in the prison. So to his understanding, if, it is, if Jesus is a messiah, he has to immediately address to my needs, to my circumstances. I'm caught up here, I'm in anxiety, and I'm really hoping you are the messiah and you're not coming and addressing to my needs. This is the understanding perhaps is running really strong in John the Baptist's mind. So many of us, as I was just reading this character, we want Jesus how we wanted us God to be most of the times. But you should understand that God is way beyond a situation or circumstances and how you really define and picture God and how you really shop God for that matter. If we don't get that point, perhaps we are losing, missing a really a big point here. So John is in the prison. The one who preached so high about Jesus is now doubting and sending his disciples to figure out if he is the one. So when the disciples go to Jesus, Jesus says, go and tell this to John the Baptist that I am the one. Have come to give vision to the blind people to make the lame walk, to rise uh, people who are dead, and to cleanse the repers, uh, lepers. So the list goes on, but what is interesting here is he doesn't say that, that he's come there to release the prisoners. Because John is hoping to hear that, but that Jesus is not saying, because in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, you hear the Nazareth Manifesto. How Jesus says, I have come to liberate the prisoners, release the captives. So the, again, it's a big list of Nazareth, Nazareth Manifesto. But here, precisely if you see, Jesus is just excluding that part and is telling everything. Do you think that would comfort John the Baptist? I'm in the prison. I want to hear what? I've come to release the prisoners. But Jesus is not saying that. It's not what you expect God acts. So he's not saying that. But if you connect to Isaiah chapter 35, 1 to 10, again, this, this passage goes parallel with what uh, uh, we have read in uh, John's um, Matthew Gospel 11, uh, 2 to 11 verses. Isaiah um, chapter 35 has a very interesting opening after chapter 34 because the land has become barren and dry and parched because of the violence, because of the bloodshed, because of the war that took place between Judah and Assyria. And in 35, God is saying, I'm going to renew, I'm going to 
liberate, I'm going to redeem, and my saving plan is not just to humanity, but it's going to go beyond humanity and save the creation. If God is going to save and stream the place which is barren and dry, don't you think he will care for the humanity? If he's going beyond and trying to save the creation, then we shouldn't be worrying and being in anxiety, questioning or thinking about God. And he even says that the highway, I would make it as a holy way. My presence will go with you. I will be with you. There wouldn't be any wild animals. There wouldn't be any violence. Even a fool cannot go astray in that holy way. God's plan is so big that we can ever really imagine. It's so big. So God has planned for everyone, a saving plan that everyone has to come into that plan. So that is what he's saying, I am there, my presence will go with you. Isaiah 35 talks about the theology of exuberance. There is life, there is creation, there is vibrancy, there is growth, there is freshness. It's a theology of exuberance, of joy. When the Lord is coming, it's going to be joy. And there is not going to be any worry or sighing. He's going to make everything disappear. When I was reading that, it is interesting, again, I wanted to note on this because most of us, we think joy or happiness is something we have to grab or we have to feel or we have to experience, forgetting that it is already inside you. It is already inside you. Aren't we saved? Don't we have a salvific or salvation experience in our lives? We do. It's just other things play out and dominate in our lives. So there won't be any sighing and any worry when God says that. It is that you try to declutter, remove what is blocking you to seriously experience the joy of Christ coming or whatever, like your happiness, whatever you really want to experience. If you're not getting in full realm, then maybe we are just blocking with our own assumptions, like what John the Baptist is doing, languishing, sitting in the prison. So God's grace towards everyone, it's unmerited grace. Did you ever play this game Monopoly? Right? My times, like, I, by the time phones had come, I was way too grown up. Not in terms of height, but uh, the age. So we used to play that game, so with my brothers, uh, relatives, or cousins. So it, it's, I like that game because it's a lot of fun, strategy, and strength. But at one part, when you begin to play that go, where you pass, so even without paying any cash there, you get bonus, you get some 200 points. It's unmerited, whoever you are, whether you're losing or winning, but when you go through that pass, you get something. So God, when God is talking about this highway, I'll make it into a holy way, it's just unmerited grace, whoever you are, whatever you are, from what tradition, what diversity, what ethnicity you come from, he's going to give that grace to you, just that what is needed is you have to turn, you have to be willing to receive that joy in your lives. As James tells, be patient. The theology of patience, again, he beautifully uh, speaks, saying that how a farmer would wait for the crop, for the rains, 
whether it, is, whether it comes early or late, but still he'll be patient. So likewise, the joy of Christ coming into this world is you can truly experience when you're prepared, when you're anticipating, and when you're joyfully expecting of his coming into this world, and especially into our lives. So John the Baptist here is expecting the Messiah is something who is immediately going to address to his situation, his need, and he's going to change that. But God's kingdom is paradoxical. It is reverse. What you expect is the opposite is what happens in God's kingdom. It is truly paradoxical. It's just opposite. If you begin, the probability of doubt is in proportion with the probability of faith. If you begin with doubt, there's no way that you can increase your faith. They're going to be in equal. It's like slippery slope. You, you're just going down. You, you can never like, no, come up thinking, oh, my faith is great. No, once you begin with doubt, it will play out more powerfully than your faith. Which is why I think God, Jesus says that the least in the kingdom of God is greater than the John the Baptist. So blessed is he who doesn't take offense at me, but it is God's kingdom, the reversals, the sacred reversals keep happening, but according to what we expect, it is not going to happen. Today is Gaudete Sunday, a Sunday of rejoicing, a Sunday of joy. In Latin, it is just rejoice, as Paul says in Philippians, rejoice, and again I say rejoice, be patient, the coming of the Lord is near. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.